was, I was thinking this morning that it was one year ago this weekend that we made the decision, or rather the decision was made for us, uh, to go online. One year ago this weekend was our first online service instead of, uh, instead of meeting in person. Um, and, uh, but God's been good through this past year, hasn't he? I want to start with uh, just reading from one of the Psalms. Psalm 100, shout for joy to the Lord all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It's he who made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Lord, we do enter into your presence with thanksgiving on our hearts and praise on our lips. We worship you and we love you. And we invite you into this place. So come now and rest on us. Come and move among us. We invite you to touch us as we open our hearts to you this morning. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. I love how someone took my favorite all-time hymn that we just sang and put a little different twist to it and uh, contemporized it a little bit. I, I, I love how they did that, um, and um, still my favorite all-time, either version of it, um, that one or the old one. Let's pray. Father, I ask you to come and just speak through me today, and uh, I pray that the words I speak would not be my own, but that your heart would be communicated through what I say today. Let your anointing come, and let your presence continue to rest on us in Jesus' name, amen. Well, welcome to week four of our series, Red Letter Challenge. We're taking a 40-day journey to look primarily at the words that Jesus spoke during his time on earth with us. Uh, not exclusively, we are putting in some others, but primarily looking at the words of Jesus during his time that he walked on this earth. And uh, we're targeting five areas where Jesus had the most to say about five things that he spoke about, I think, more than any other things. Uh, we're not covering everything that he says about those areas. We don't have time for that, but we're hitting some of his central, uh, central teachings on these topics. Uh, the five target areas we're looking at, we started off with being, uh, just being with him, being with the Father, just that importance of just sitting at his feet and being in his presence. And then last week, we looked at the importance of forgiving and, how, and that, that as believers, we are to forgive. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. We are to forgive. And granted, that's sometimes a hard thing to do, especially when there's real pain involved in, in our lives. There's real pain uh, from, from somebody that, that, that you know, be, betrayed us or, or harmed us in some way. 
But yet God gives us the grace. He always gives us the grace to do what he calls us to do. So we, we talked about being, we talked about forgiving. Today we're going to talk about serving, and then next week giving, and then the next week going. So this morning, though, we are focusing on serving, because to follow Jesus, and that's what we're doing as disciples, we are followers of Jesus. We do the things that he did. To follow Jesus means to follow him into a life of serving, because it's what he did. He served the Father, and he served the people around him. So if we want to follow him, then we will also become people who are here to serve. And I'm not talking about just doing something as a project, but as a lifestyle. Now, the lifestyle can, can include seasonal or temporary projects, but it's, 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 it's from the heart. It's, it's what comes out of our heart that we have a heart of serving. Now, when we talk about that, that can sound great, right? I mean, there's something attractive about, you know, the thought of serving. It sounds like a noble endeavor, right? I'm going to serve other people. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give to something bigger than me. I'm, a, I'm going to, uh, 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 you know, constant, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give a life where I'm always, where I'm putting others first. It sounds like a noble endeavor, and we're impressed by people who serve well. We're impressed by public servants who serve well. We're, we go into a restaurant and we take, you know, we take note of the, um, take note of our, our server if they serve us exceptionally well. I don't know how many times we you know we've gone out with the family, gone out to eat, and and uh, and you know we made comment that's a really good server, that's a really good server, and so we're impressed by them and hopefully we tip them well as uh, as well. Uh, we talk about serving on the mission field. You know, we think of Jackie and Levi. That I, I, how many years ago has it been now that they moved to to Guatemala and they've just been faithfully serving on the mission field all that time. We talk about you know serving in the Peace Corps. There are those who serve in in, in other countries in the Peace Corps. Uh, then there's the AmeriCorps group. We've hosted a couple of two or three of them, I think, in over the, the, the years uh, here to stay in our building while they serve in the community. You know, we serve in the military or serve as a first responder and an educator. There are so many ways in which we serve, and that all sounds so good and so exciting and so noble. But here's the thing. Often we like the idea of serving more than we like the doing of serving. Because honestly, the doing can be hard work. It can be difficult for us sometimes, especially if we're, you know, if we're doing it as a project. You know, it can be hard work. You know, the times I've gone to do uh, uh, to join a team in doing uh, disaster relief work sounded like a good and noble thing to do. You know, and I guess it was. You know, and I was I was pumped for it. I was excited about it, a little little anxious, you know, getting out of my comfort zone, but, but I was excited to do it, even though it meant, you know, I had to carve out time for the trip, leaving my comfort zone to, to help with the kind of work in which I had little to no, actually, let's face it, no experience, but people needed to help, I wanted to help, I wanted to make a difference, and they, they told me, there will be something you can do, don't worry, don't have to be an expert in this area or that, so went with the team, and, you know, it all sounded good. 
You know, we went to help after, after Hurricane Katrina. We helped, went to help after, you know, tornadoes uh, went through southern Indiana. Just the thought of that, going to help in a situation like that, kind of makes you feel good, right? You think about it, and it makes you feel good. But when it came to actually doing the work, that's when things became hard. Ripping out drywall in moldy, musty rooms. Ripping out a ceiling because it's got to be replaced and, and pulling it down with the crowbar, not knowing what is going to come tumbling down on your head, like 20 years worth of Christmas ornaments. Um, you know, feeling tired to the bone at the end of the day. Getting up in the, in the, the cool, and I mean very cool, of the morning and taking a shower in a, in, a, in a makeshift shower just surrounded by, by uh, blue tarp, plastic tarp, uh, in a parking lot behind a church with no hot water when the air is already cold outside. That is not fun. Um, the actual serving wasn't near as attractive as the idea first sounded. That's because to serve someone means to set aside your own needs, wants, and comforts in order to attend to someone else's needs, wants, and comforts first. See, serving is a selfless action. It's giving of yourself to others first. Here's what we need to understand, though. God made us to serve and to live for something bigger than ourselves. He made us to serve and to live for something bigger than ourselves. That's what everyone on our serve team here at the Vineyard is doing. That's we, we, we call it a, a, a serve team. All our volunteers are a serve team because they're serving something bigger than themselves. They're giving of themselves. They've committed to times of you know, setting their own needs, wants, and comforts aside to serve and to, to, to see that, the, that others' needs, wants, and comforts are met. See, this is about something bigger than us. This isn't about us just coming to church here, sitting, singing, singing a few songs, hearing me talk, and then going home. This church is bigger than all of us. The vineyard, the movement that we belong to, is bigger than all of us. The church worldwide that we are a part of is bigger than all of us. This is all about something that's bigger than ourselves. And that's why we, we, we set ourselves to the side in order to serve something bigger. Jesus' whole life was an example of serving. For example, in John 4, Jesus tells us about a time when, uh, or excuse me, John tells us about a time when Jesus and his disciples are walking through Samaria, and they came on the, they're on their way to Galilee, and they, they, they uh, it's about lunchtime, they came to a town called Sychar. And the disciples all went into town to get something to eat, to get some lunch, while Jesus hung back at, uh, at a well and just rested, just to rest, all right? Well, while the disciples were gone, Jesus strikes up a conversation with a Samaritan woman that was there at the well getting water. And during the course of the conversation, Jesus reveals to her 
that he is the Messiah. And she ends up running to tell the whole town all about him. And, you know, but while he's talking to her, the disciples return with lunch. And this is where we pick up in John 4, 31. It says, meanwhile, his disciples urged him, Rabbi or teacher, eat something. You know, they brought all his food back, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. And then his disciples said to each other, could someone have brought him food? I mean, they, like so many other times, didn't understand what he was saying. That he didn't get his point. Uh, you know, he, he, he had food that they didn't know about. I mean, what's with that? Had he hidden a Subway sandwich in his pocket of his robe? Did he call Jimmy John's and their delivery was really that fast all the way over there? Did DoorDash bring him a falafel? I mean, what was with this? What's he talking about? And Jesus knows what they're all saying among each other, and you know, as he always did. And so he explains, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. You know, a couple of weeks ago, as I said, we talked about being, being with Jesus, just sitting at his feet, in his presence, listening to him, receiving from him, enjoying his goodness, learning from him. Our, 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 our focus was just on being with Jesus, and that has to come first. We sit at his feet, we learn from him. There's no substitute for being with Jesus, for spending time with him. But having said that, there's also a time for doing Discipleship requires doing. And what Jesus was saying here is that what really sustained him, even more than physical food, the thing that really sustained him and energized him was doing what he was put here by the Father to do. That's what sustained him. It's what brought him the most fulfillment. You know, a big reason we're taking this Red Letter Challenge together is because so often, when our culture looks at the church, what they see is not doing a very good job of representing Jesus, if we'll be honest. When they look at the big church, uh, you know, we're not doing a good job. The big church, you know, I'm not meaning we as a congregation, I mean the big church of which we are a part, though. We're not doing a good job of representing who Jesus is to our world and who Jesus is to our culture. And we want to change that. And we can't do it all by ourselves, but we can do our part and we can make a difference on how people perceive Jesus, on how people perceive the church, on how people perceive Christians. See, we want to focus more on others than ourselves. We want to focus on being selfless and on serving rather than on being served. When we do that, then the world is going to see a better, a more accurate representation or reflection of Jesus. And that's what we are to be. God's design for us as believers is that we be an accurate reflection of Jesus to the world. That's what we're here for. So that the wor when the world looks at us, they see 
who Jesus is. They don't look at us and say, wow, look at those great people. Look at those awesome people. Look at all that they are doing. No, they, they look at us and they say, that's what Jesus is like. That's my picture of Jesus. What those people are doing. Someone used the term once, a faceless generation, to describe the church. And it's not lifting up an individual. It's the church body as a whole doing what Jesus put us here to do. Look what Jesus said in Matthew 5, starting in verse 14. You are the light of the world. Speaking to the two believers, to his disciples, you are the light of the world. A town built on a, on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. So our lives are on display for the world to see. And when people look at a follower of Jesus, they should see Jesus. And then he continues. He says, in the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. So let me ask, what causes others to glorify our Father in heaven. It's when they look at our lives, the things we do, the way we live, the good works that we do, and they see Jesus. That's when the Father is glorified. When they see the way we put ourselves aside to serve others. When the light in our lives accurately reflects who Jesus is, when they see him living in us and through us, that's when the Father is glorified. And that means that if Jesus lived a life of serving, guess what? That's what he wants all of us to do. All believers are to live lives serving others. It's what we're called to do. To accurately reflect Jesus requires serving. All of us. Mark 10, 45, Jesus says this. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. He says, I didn't come to be served. I came to serve. That's what he's saying. Luke twenty two twenty seven. he says, I am among you as one who what? Serves, yes, serves. John 6, 38, Jesus said, For I have come down from heaven to do the will of God who sent me, not to do my own will. So we can rightly say that we represent him best when we serve well. That's when we're most like him. In Philippians 2, the Apostle Paul said that Jesus, talking about Jesus, said that he made himself Nothing. By taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. He made himself nothing. He took the very nature of a servant on him, and he came to serve. And that's what each one of us to do is, is to do. And as we do that, we will be a better reflection of him, better represent him to the world, and be a lot more attractive to the world. The church will be Christian. Christianity, our faith, will be a lot more attractive to the world when they look at us and they see that 
rather than a church that's getting sidetracked by demanding this and demanding that. Because a servant doesn't demand. So, where do we start? First of all, many of you are already doing what we talked about today. You have the mindset of a servant. And more than the mindset, you have a heart of a servant and you're actively involved in some area in where you're pouring yourself into something other than and larger than yourself. That's serving. So keep doing what you're doing. Where do you start? You've already started. Keep doing it. Now, if this is something you're not doing and you can't think of anywhere where you're serving, or maybe you're looking for something else or something more, then I wrote down just a few ideas. First of all, in the area of the church, we need servants. That's who we're to be. Join our serve team. Look at something that's going on in the church that you would like help with and let us know. For instance, we've got, I've got a couple of areas. Groundskeeping. We're going to need this summer help with mowing, trimming, mulching, all of that, taking care of the grounds. Some of you are like you get thrilled with the idea of working outdoors and getting in the dirt and mowing and sweating and, and everything involved in that. You know, personally, that's not my, you know, that, 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 that's not my thing. I do it, but it's not me. But some of you, that really, it's like, yeah, I love to be outdoors. I love to, to, to do that. So the groundskeeping. Then there's children's ministry. We hope to start children's ministry up on Palm Sunday. And now that's in two weeks. That's our target date. We need teachers. We need helpers. If that's an area that you would like to help in, if that's an area that, you know, I just love to bring Jesus to children, then talk to Lisa after the service and, and let her know that. Let her know that. But we need teachers, we need helpers, and you may think, you know, I, I, I really, I think I would love to help in this, but I'm not, not sure, and this is with any area. Then let us know that, and, you know, you're not making a lifelong commitment. You're saying, hey, I want to try something. I want to do something, and, and we'll get you, help get you placed for an area that you're, you're, you're passionate about and that clicks because our desire is that whatever area you choose to minister in would be life-giving and not draining. And it's life-giving when you're matched up with your skills and your heart and your passion. Uh, our production team. Now, don't let that title scare you. Just look around and see what it takes to do this every week, what it takes to do the, to put on the service and live stream every Sunday. For example, we need someone to, to man the camera for the live stream. Now, I know it sounds real difficult, but as you, you watch Josh do it this morning, it's a matter of, for the most part, pointing the camera over there when the songs are on and pointing the camera here when... Um, when I'm up here, so you know there. But we need someone to be able uh, to be able to do that. Uh, running the soundboard, that takes a little bit more skill, a little bit of an ear for music. But if that sounds like something you'd love to do, you know we can help with that. We can train with that. 
uh, uh, putting together the, the or running the media, running the media during the service. Somebody back there to keep the scre- the words on the screen scrolling and so forth, or or someone to even put together before Sunday, put together the program uh, so that we have the words on to to put up on the screen. You know, things like that. Now the thing is with all these things, they're not difficult, and we can train you. We can help you get to you know to know exactly how to do it. Main thing we're looking for is faithfulness, reliability, dependability. That's what we're looking for. You know, we can do the training, and and most of this is not difficult at all. And that's just a partial lift. I mean, I just sat down in, in just a few minutes, you know, rattled some things off. So, you know, if that's something you're interested in, any of those, let us know. But that's one area we can serve is, is through our serve team on the church. Another area is just volunteering with other organizations. You know, things like the Hannah Center, things like the Community Kitchen, one of the homeless shelters in town, or the Shalom Center. You know, places like that always looking for um, uh, uh, volunteers, somebody to help, somebody to come in maybe once a week or whatever and, and take a couple of hours out of the week and serve in some area. Uh, another idea is you can organize your own service outreach if you want to call it that. You know, organize a team to take sack lunches or hygiene bags to the homeless, you know, or, or, or collecting and distributing socks for the homeless. I mean, I think the number one requested item that, that homeless people will ask for are socks. Think about it. You know what it's like to walk around with holy socks? You know, and you know that feeling when you get a brand new pair of socks and you put them on your feet? I don't know about you, but that just does something for me. You know, but, but you know, think about people that don't have access to, 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 to that. Or, or, or just look at the community and, and look at what are some of the other needs in the community? What are some of the other needs that the community has and what can we do about them? And come up with some ideas and let us know and maybe we can get some people together to work with you. Uh, uh, another idea is to organize and set up uh, and man a free prayer table. You know, we've done that a couple of times in the past. You could just go out in the park, you set up a table with a big sign or, or a, a thing on it that says, free prayer. You can do that while you mask, you can do that while you social distance, but you know what that does? That gives somebody hope. That lets somebody know that here's people that care about me. Somebody cares about me. This past year has been a year of people becoming more and more hopeless, more and more detached, feeling like nobody cares about them. And maybe we can be a voice and say, yes, somebody does care. Somebody knows that you're here. What would you like, what would you like God to do for you? And yes, you always get those off-the-wall requests. You know, I want to, you know, I, yeah, I'd like to give me a million dollars and things like that. That's part of it, you know. But sometimes they just open up their heart and stor- start pouring out a real need. And you just take them and take them to the throne. 
throne of grace, throne of mercy, where we can find help in time of need. And we say, Father, my brother here or my sister here really could use you right now. I ask that you do this or do that, whatever it is. But it's putting ourselves out there. It's putting ourselves out there in a place where we can be in the place for God to bring somebody across our path. I guarantee you, someone's not going to come knocking on your door. You open the door, and they would say, will you pray for me? I guarantee you that's not going to happen, unless you know the person really well. But if you're out there at a table with a sign, free prayer, a couple of chairs there, or maybe a, a tent with, or, you know, the, whatever they call them, the tents with no walls, just the roof. You'll get people to come up that need God's touch. And you'll get people that you can pray for because you're putting yourself, making yourself available. The more we mobilize ourselves and our resources to serve, the more our Father in heaven will be glorified. And that's what we want. Challenge this week. The challenge this week is to think of two ways you can serve. One, in the church. In the church. The second, in the community. Two ways you can serve. One in the church, one in the community. Now, if you're already serving in an area, you get to count that. Thank God for what you're doing, serving in the church. Thank God for how you're serving in the community. So you get to count that. But try to think of two ways. That's the challenge. Let's pray. Father, we want to be like Jesus. As someone used the illustration of just saying that we are coins in, in your pocket to be spent however you will. Spend us however you will. Show us where we can serve. Open our eyes to see the needs around us. Open our eyes to see that. Open our eyes and our ears that we can see the needs that are around us and then if whatever need that you're showing us if that's an area that you want us to begin to serve in, then show us how to get started and lead us into that. We want to reflect Jesus to the world. And as Jesus was a servant, that's what we want to be as well. So use us, teach us how to serve, and spend us as you will. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I got an amen. <laughs> I love it. Uh, we're going to close and dismiss in just a minute. Before you do, let me mention uh, the offering. It's your generous giving that has supports everything that goes on here, and we really appreciate that. Uh, there are three ways that we can give. 
And one is to go to our website, bloomingtonvineyard.com, click on the give icon and uh, walk you through how to give electronically. And just a note on that, if you choose the ACH option or straight from the bank account rather than a card, there is no fee at all, either to you or to the church. Okay, so if, if you know, it, uh, uh, you want to choose the ACA, ACH option, no fee, but bloomingtonvineyard.com. Second thing, second way is if you brought your tithes and offerings with you, you can just drop them in one of the black boxes by the doors on your way out, and we'll collect them afterwards. Or you can mail a check to Vineyard Community Church, P.O. Box 3277, Bloomington, Indiana, 47402. Um, and the post office box is preferred over the street address on that. So um, uh, three ways that you can give, and God bless your faithfulness. Now let's stand, give you the benediction. May the peace of the Lord Christ go with you wherever he may send you. May he guide you through the wilderness and protect you through the storm. May he bring you home rejoicing at the wonders that he has shown you. And may he show you many wonders. May he bring you home rejoicing once again into our doors. God bless you. Have a great week. We'll see you Sunday. <laughs>